What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. We got a big episode today. This is the Birmingham Bowl coverage. We're going down to Birmingham December 22nd and the 23rd to cover Texas Tech and South Florida. Really excited about this matchup. Without further ado, we got a very special guest on the show, Mr. David Collier from Red Raider Nation. He's a sports director down there in Lubbock. Very excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Mr. David. Okay, hold on that thing. Okay, there we go. All right, so we got Mr. David Collier on the phone. Appreciate you joining in, Mr. David. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Man, yeah, pleasure's all ours. Thank you for coming on the show. It's a great pleasure to have you. We're excited to be covering Texas Tech and the Birmingham Bowl for the first time. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, not a Big 12 Bowl, so it's uh, kind of new to everybody in this area. And I know they used to go to it back in the day when it was a southwest conference bowl but yeah it's been a long time since the red raiders made their way out that direction yeah it's gonna be a pretty good bowl game i mean i saw sports illustrated ranked at number seven on the bowl games because of all the high scoring offenses i mean you got uh charlie strong's offense and they're really strong and you got texas tech's offense who i've loved watching over the year you know just absolutely exploded you know during games so pretty excited about that so we're going to get to the number one question here, general consensus. We're going to talk about the consensus around the fan base and the fan interest going into this Birmingham Bowl. So kind of give us an input on what the Red Raider Nation is kind of looking forward to with this bowl game. Well, it should be interesting, to be honest with you. I mean, they're happy that they're making it to a bowl game because they had to win that game against Texas just to become bowl eligible. Um It'll be interesting to see how many people travel. It's probably a good thing that it's right before Christmas as opposed to like the 26th, the uh, uh, just for the fact that, you know, not as many might travel that direction. I think just the unknown might help Red Raider fans might want to make make the trip out there. But I think a lot of a lot of uh, alumni that live in the Dallas area were hoping for the Heart of Dallas Bowl or maybe even some heading out west to the Cactus Bowl. But taking on a new opponent, somebody that you usually don't see, like your typical uh, Bowl Alliance uh, groups, it should be interesting. I will say this. Um, a lot of them will probably be watching on television more so than making that trip. Uh, hopefully, though, you know, because you got ticket allotments and stuff like that that you have to pay for. Hopefully, the fans uh, go out there in droves and check out uh, Legion Field and go cheer on their team. It, it, it'll be difficult, I think, to get a, a large number of Red Raider fans out there, but hopefully, they make the trip. Yeah, and it's a Legion Field is actually a pretty cool place. I know it's not the greatest of stadiums or what have you, but you know, just to go there for the history with you know Bear Bryant coached there with Alabama back in the day. And playing, you know, Johnny Majors, Tennessee teams or whatever. It's a pretty historic place. I went, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I went back in the day when Kentucky played there against Pittsburgh. It's a really neat vibe, you know. So I do hope Red Raider Nation kind of shows up a little bit. And that way I can kind of interact with uh, the Red Raider faithful. I've heard they got great fan bases. Watching from afar, it's been really fun to watch, you know, Red Raider football going against Texas or going against, you know, some other Kansas State or some other Big 12 teams. I mean, Big 12, growing up in SEC country, you kind of watch Big 12 football from afar, but you also respect a lot of the teams like Texas Tech, like Texas, and, you know, Kansas and all those, and basketball, Oklahoma. So I'm excited about the bowl game. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully a lot of people will kind of show up before Christmas, you know, be a Christmas present to all the kiddos or whatever. So next question up, I know it's the kind of elephant in the room in Texas. Jimbo Fisher went to A&M. How does that kind of affect recruiting with uh, Texas Tech, and how does that kind of, you know – go into the landscape of college football and high school football into the state of Texas. I know you got Texas with Tom Herman, and you also now got Jimbo Fisher at A&M. Yeah, it should be interesting. I will say this. I think Kevin Sumlin did actually 
do a really good job of recruiting the state of Texas and, and down there in that Houston area, which is a lot closer to College Station. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how much it will affect Texas Tech. I think they're getting a little bit higher level of talent at Texas A&M than they would be here at Texas Tech. If anything, I know Jimbo's going to get his fair share of five stars and four star guys. But he might be going after a little bit different type of guy than compared to Kevin Sumlin, who uh, I don't know if you know, but Cliff Kingsbury was an assistant. He was his offensive coordinator the year that Johnny Manziel won the Heisman there at Texas A&M. So, if anything, it might help Cliff, uh, as weird as that might sound, that he might not be going after the same type of athlete that Jimbo Fisher is, as opposed to what Kevin somewhat had, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. Kevin and him, we're, we're on the same page, maybe it'll be a little bit different with Jimbo, and maybe Jimbo won't be going after some of the guys and essentially stealing what Cliff Kingsbury wants out here at Lubbock. Yeah, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think there could be ever a game in the near future where Texas Tech plays A&M now that Jimbo Fisher I know the big talk is Texas and Texas A&M, but I'd also like to see an old Southwest game between Texas Tech and a Big 12, big, you know, between Tech and A&M. Do you think that's in the that's near future? A, uh, that, that's a good question. You know, um, a couple of years ago when Texas Tech, 2015, when they played in the uh, Texas Bowl down in Houston, they wanted to play Texas A&M. And basically Texas A&M, the word was that they wouldn't play in that bowl game if Texas Tech was in it because they didn't want to play against what uh, – if they, they refuse to admit, but it's certainly a rivalry between the Red Raiders and the Aggies. And, uh, again, Tech was kind of hoping to play A&M again this time around in a bowl game. And it, it just seems like that's something that's been uh, pushed to the side. It might be a while, unfortunately, because Red Raider fans and Aggie fans don't get along. And it's an actually a really entertaining uh, atmosphere, whether it was in College Station or here in Lubbock when those two got after each other. Uh, I can't remember the year now I was here in Lubbock, but there was actually a fight in the stands between uh, uh, where the when Texas Tech beat A and M, they took the goalpost and put it in the stands, and a nice uh, you can Google it. It's a yeah. pretty entertaining video. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great rivalry, and I wish it would be renewed. No doubt about it. I do too. I wish the state legislation. I know, like in the state of Kentucky, like the state of you know the state legislators say, hey, you're going to play Louisville, you're going to play Kentucky, Louisville, going to play each other. And the same with the state of Alabama, they're going to say, you know, hey, Alabama, Auburn, you got to play each other. And we're big on the show with these in-state rivalries playing each other, like getting Tennessee and Memphis to play each other. You know, those big-time in-state rivalries or even cross-state rivalries where it's Missouri versus Kansas, those kind of games that bring a lot to the college landscape. And I think that if Tech and, you know, A&M could play each other, I think that'd be awesome. I know a lot of people talk about Texas and A&M, but I also heard about that A&M and Tech rivalry as well, and I want to see it renewed as a college football fan. Yeah, unfortunately, politics get in everything, and I think it might with this as well. There's a lot of other stuff going along with this as well. Texas Tech's trying to get a veterinary school out here, and A&M doesn't want another large school to have one in the state. There's so much stuff behind the scenes that yeah. might be uh, putting a lot of things on hold, unfortunately. Yeah, I hear you. So, you know, the thing about it is Texas Tech has an amazing offense. You know, that is the that is kind of the thing that – you know, Texas Tech is known for, especially under Kingsbury, who is just an absolute, uh, he's an absolute amazing guy. He's an offensive-minded guy. I mean, Tech is averaging 468 yards a game, 17th in the country on that, and they are thirty. They score 34 points on average, you know, the 26th in the country. How important is it to find that consistency week in and week out with Tech football? Well, honestly, that's been the problem with Texas Tech this year. Everybody you know, nationally thinks, uh, like, like you mentioned, I mean, they score at will, and that's been a problem for Texas Tech this year. This has been 
by far the worst year of offense under Cliff Kingsbury here. He's got a senior quarterback in Nick Shimanick who transferred from Iowa, played behind a couple of guys that are, were drafted in the NFL and C.J. Beathard, another guy as well before him. Uh, he finally got his chance this year and started to struggle around Big 12 play, had trouble getting the ball in the end zone, and they've had issues on special teams as well, converting field goals and extra points. So they're not putting out as many points on the offensive side of the ball. And so much so that going into that Texas game, Nick Shimanick, again, who's a six-year senior, was benched for a junior college transfer who hadn't uh, had more than, I think, 20 pass attempts on the season going into that game. Now, Nick did come in in the fourth quarter and threw two touchdowns and led the Red Raiders to a win. But going into that, he had only had two fourth-quarter touchdown passes all year long. So the offense actually has struggled this year. It's down. And, uh, yeah, the way South Florida has been scoring points, the Red Raider offense needs to figure something out over the next few weeks before that bowl game. I agree with that. And I've heard that Nick is going to start at quarterback for the bowl game. Is that any – is there any relevance to that? Or I've, I've seen several Texas Tech guys tweet out that. Is that is that what Coach Kingsbury said? I haven't found anything that Kingsbury said on that. So maybe you can kind of elaborate for us if he's going to start for the bowl game. Yeah, he will. Uh Coach Kingsbury mentioned that in the first uh, media availability after the bowl announcement that Nick had been working as a starting quarterback the last week of practice. Uh, after after watching uh, McLean Carter, who's the backup, work in that Texas game, you could just see the, the uh, disparity in talent between the two. And there's nothing against McLean Carter. It was his first start, his first significant time doing it in Austin that night is a hard thing to, to uh, do for anybody. But you could just see the difference uh, – and it, it makes sense. I mean, not that bowl games don't matter, but, I mean, when you're the final Big 12 team to make a bowl game, uh, you just want to have a good showing. And, and partially, this is for those seniors. And Nick, I think, deserves to get that start. So he'll start for the Red Raiders. And if, if there, for any reason he struggles, I'm sure that, you know, Cliff will make the change if he sees, uh, sees he needs to do that. So, next question up, we're going to talk a little Coach Kingsbury. I know that uh, some fans are kind of get ready to get rid of him, you know, towards before the Texas game, and now they're kind of getting back on board. Kind of describe the kind of the mood towards Coach there in Lubbock and kind of describe, you know, what's going on a little bit behind the seats and, you know, give us a little input onto that. Well, I mean, just imagine, you know, I'm sure this happens in your area. It happens everywhere, but the guy that, that was successful in the football field comes back home to be the head yeah. coach, you know, and he was uh, everybody's favorite son. And, you know, that shine, I mean, started to wear off last year during football seasons and the struggles they had defensively a year ago, which has been a, a problem since I've been here since 2001, but it was really bad last year. Um, and yeah, fans were set up. You could tell there were struggles. There were games where uh, it was a Kansas state game. They d- decided to go, uh, wait until overtime to take on Kansas State and try to win an OT and that move didn't work out there and that frustrated the fan base. I think it's more of a fan base that that yeah, I think they wanted a change and they expected a change, but they didn't want it to, to happen to a guy that they love so much. I mean, you gotta remember his last game, even though it was uh, just the Tangerine Bowl, they beat Clemson handily in his final bowl game and he went out a hero. He was leading the band with the fight song and everything it's a it's a video that everybody in west texas knows and it, it was just it, it was kind of difficult the way things were going at the end of the season here and a lot of people thought he was going to be out uh, i think they're willing to give him a second chance but saying that if this was anybody other than cliff kingsbury he would have been gone yeah 
And I could see that. But, I mean, you know, it's like the Tennessee thing now. Tennessee just hired their new coach, but they were looking at T. Martin, you know. And it's the same kind of thing. T. Martin led Tennessee to a championship, blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, Tennessee fans want him back, but there are some big boosters who saying, you know, we don't want him back for the certain situation of if he doesn't succeed, we have to fire our own. And I think that's kind of that's kind of the outsider's, you know, input into the Texas Tech thing. You know, like you said, he's one of your own. He's a Texas Tech guy. He's, you know, he played at Tech. And, you know, doing that and being that type of guy and having to get rid of him is kind of heartbreaking, you know, at the same time. Yeah, and it would be on an even bigger level with T. Martin, like you said. I mean, he won the national title to go in there. And I think one thing that really hurt Cliff off the bat, he started 7-0. and Remember, he had yeah. Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Baker got hurt, then Davis Webb came in, and they ended up uh, losing their last five games. But they started 7-0, and yeah. rookie head coach, his first job in the Big 12, and to do that. So the expectations got really high after that, and he got a contract extension after his first season mm-hmm. through 2020. So... Uh, Unfortunately, his his success early has kind of doomed him here lately. Yeah, and so we're gonna switch the we're gonna switch the gears. We talked a little bit of offense. We're gonna talk about a little bit of Texas Tech defense. I know Dakota Allen from East Mississippi State or East Mississippi Community College. Um, I know he's kind of like the face of the defense. An amazing player. He's an amazing player down in Scuba. And but the Tech defense, I mean, they're kind of struggling a little bit on stopping the run. They're fifty third in the NCAA giving up on average 153 yards a game and nearly four and a half yards, you know, per rush. What is the key to kind of that finding that consistency with that Texas Tech defense? And also with Dakota Allen, how does Dakota Allen kind of fit into that Texas Tech? I know he had some problems before, left, went to East Mississippi, and now came back as, you know, he's doing well. So kind of kind of go into detail a little bit about the defense down there. Well, just give you an idea. I mean, he certainly did make a mistake here. Mm-hmm. He went off and uh, spent that year in – Mississippi, but the second he came back, he was a defensive captain for this football team. So that just shows you the the belief they have in him as a football player, and he's definitely been a team leader on and and just as a as a junior too. Just I mean, yeah. the way he's played, as well as uh, I mean, their linebackers are their two best linebackers are Jordan Brooks and him. Jordan Brooks is a sophomore who led the team as a freshman last year in tackles. He basically took the spot of Dakota Allen, who led the team the year before as a freshman in tackles. So Dakota's been a big part of what actually has been an improved run defense. I know you, you gave me those numbers and everything, mm-hmm. but if you if you look back to 2016 in the Texas Tech defense, they gave up almost 270 yards rushing a ball game, and they were next to last in the country yeah. against the run. So they've improved greatly there, and they've also what what has. Yeah, I know that they're 6-6, six and six and you say, man, this defense might not be that good. But I think the defense is actually the strong part of this football team. They forced uh, 27 turnovers this season. and I would, Impressive. I, I don't have the, uh, the number on the top of my head from last year, but I know I, they, didn't, they didn't force more than 15 a year ago. So 27, they're one of the top 10 teams in the country in turnover margin. It's one of those... You know, you've heard the old bend but don't break defenses, yeah. but that's essentially what this is, and they're very opportunistic, forcing turnovers. Uh, a guy to keep an eye on in the secondary uh, against Quentin Flowers in, in South Florida would be a guy named Justice Parker. Jayshon Johnson is the senior leader in that secondary, uh, but Justice Parker was a walk-on. He's forced several turnovers, had a huge turnover to clinch that Texas win in Austin a, a couple of weeks ago as well. So those are a couple of names that you might look out for in that secondary for Texas Tech. Uh, you know, that Texas Tech defense, you know, I'm looking at the stats right now. I mean, you 
they are they are greatly improved. They you know if, if we could give out an MVP trophy for the you know for the season, that'd be that defense for greatly improving from 2016. You know into uh, I mean they had a turnover margin. I mean they you know interceptions lost 11. I mean they were you know pretty bad on defense, like you said. Got the stats pulled up here. They were awful. So but now they're you know greatly improved and you know especially in the Big 12. I mean that win over Texas um, was a big win for the program. So. Going into the Birmingham Bowl and going into the offseason as well, what are the optimism points? Like if you were talking to a recruit, what are the points you're going to sell to that recruit to sell Texas Tech football? And that's going to be our last question. We're going to wrap it up uh, for the day. Okay. Well, on, the, on the, the optimistic thing to look forward to is that the defense returns 10 of the 11 starters. Uh, so they can only improve. Now, I know turnovers are you know not something that you're going to – I mean, you could be up and down with that, but mm-hmm. defensive coordinator David Gibbs has been known as a guy that can turn around a defense and make them force a lot of turnovers. So you, you got to be happy with what you see from the defense. Offensively, if I'm talking to recruits, to be quite honest with you, I'm going to talk to a, a wide receiver and say, hey, we lose the majority of our production at the wide receiver position. If, if Kiki QT, who is a, a junior right now, decides to go pro, which – and to be quite honest, I mean, not that he's, I've heard anything from him, but a lot of people believe that he will forego his senior season. You're only going to have two wide receivers back that had any production for the Red Raiders last year. So that would probably be your best bet if you're trying to sell a re- recruit. Hey, <laughs> come to Texas Tech as a receiver. You know we're going to throw the ball to you, and we're going to yeah. have spots for you to, to uh, fill because a lot of that production is going to be gone next season. So. Uh, it, it should be interesting to see what they're going to do offensively because they're going to have to work in a new quarterback as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to see the offense, at least uh, history says, you're not going to see the Texas Tech offense struggle that much. So I think mm-hmm. the offensive issues this year were an anomaly. And if that defense yeah. can continue to improve, this team should be pretty good next year. Yeah, it should be a team that could go to a bigger-time bowl game, you know, and compete in the Big 12. I mean, TC, I know TCU loses a couple key players. Oklahoma, of course, loses Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma State basically loses all their Yeah, offense. I was going to say, OK State lost every, losing everybody. I mean, you know, so, I mean, the, the Big 12 could be wide open next year. And, you know, I could see Texas Tech being one of those sleeper teams that could kind of sit a little bit towards the top and, you know, potentially play the championship game in uh, Dallas next year, I think it is, or uh, it might be in Dallas. Uh, I don't I'm know gonna, if they've – I'm going to go – I'm going to go baby steps. Let's yeah. Just, let's yeah, just yeah. get to the upper upper echelon of the Big 12 first. Let's, let's try yeah. to be a top three team. But, hey, yeah, I'm sure Red Raider fans will be all in on that. But, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Bill Snyder might be uh, retiring in Kansas State. There's going to be so much, uh, such a different feel to the Big 12 next year. You just got to deal with Tom Herman. Hopefully he isn't yeah. as good as everybody thinks he is. <laughs> which, which I think, he, you know, he might struggle a little bit. I mean, you know. Like I said, Jimbo Fisher is going to, you know, completely affect the whole landscape of Texas football, and especially with Texas and A and M. I mean, they those guys compete with recruits. You know, I mean, go into Austin, you got A and M guys coming in. You go into College Chase, you got Texas guys coming in sometimes. So I mean, you know, I think that Herman might be struggling a little bit to kind of keep up with the, you know, his bigger brother and A and M. You know, I mean, A and M's been the more dominant program than Texas. So I mean, you know, we could see, like I said, we could see Texas Tech being a sleeper. I hope they are. You know, it'd be fun be fun to cover them in bowl game and to see them be a big time big 12 team next year so well i greatly greatly appreciate this interview it's been a lot of fun thanks for coming on the mitch davis show i appreciate it mitch have a good one and enjoy the bowl game thank you you too